A quick shout out to L. Weingarten, A. Rosenberg, Yitzi, CYY, my helper, and YY, my other Chavrusa. And a special thanks to the Providence Hebrew Day School 4th grade for their super listening skills. And I have to tell you, I really appreciate all of you who let me know that you enjoy the stories. It gives me a lot of chizuk and motivation to go on. And if you enjoy my stories, you might enjoy my books, When the Ice Melts and The Chip. If you don't have them locally, you can always try to reach out, and I'll try to get you hooked up with someone who might have a copy. And all you have to do is call. The number is 401-384-0852 and leave a message. And I can't get back to everybody, but I really appreciate everyone who reaches out and I listen to your messages. Thanks so much. And I still don't know his last name and I still can't tell you where he lives. Have a great day and Amir Hashem will be in touch. Thanks so much. Sammy was running around in his house. Not because he wanted to be running around, but because he had just played an incredibly exciting prank on his wonderful brother, Chaim. You see, Chaim was sitting at his desk, working diligently, doing his homework, unlike some other people that I know. And as he was sitting at his desk, concentrating on his homework, Sammy had walked up behind him very quietly in his socks on the carpet. And Sammy had in his hand a little, tiny, fake, but rubbery spider. And Sammy took the rubbery, fake spider and dropped it right into the space between Chaim, between Chaim's neck and the collar of his shirt. And this little rubbery thing that was a little bit cold and a little bit wiggly fell down his shirt and his undershirt and touched his skin. And he started to wiggle and move and say, ah, as he jumped up quickly, he hit his desk, which had on it his cup of hot cocoa that went sprawling all over his almost completed 10-page essay. And Sammy stood back and started to laugh. What are you laughing at, Sammy? What happened? As he... As he... As he tried to eagerly pull at his undershirt to pull out what it was. What are you laughing at, Sammy? And he finally reached up and pulled out the offending creature and he looked at it and said, it's fake. Sammy, did you put this down my back? And Sammy's laughter filled the room and Chaim said, you are dead. (gasps) Sammy said, "Uh uh-oh, you're a murderer. Not yet. I will be soon. And with that, Chaim took a step towards Sammy. Sammy jumped onto his bed, jumped off his bed at the other end, and ran out the door, slamming the door behind him. Not too hard, but hard enough that it closed. And Chaim reached for the door, pulled open the door. Sammy raced down the hallway, and Chaim chased him, and Chaim was running faster because Chaim was madder and he more adrenaline. And he was about to reach Sammy when Sammy said, Uh-oh, if he grabs me, I'm going to be in big trouble. And Sammy quickly opened the wall. Huh? 
in the wall in Sammy's house, they had a laundry chute. A laundry chute is this thing that's like a like a, it's it's kind of, it's kind of like a tunnel or a built-in slide that is built into the wall. And when you take your laundry, you don't have to like throw it into the hamper and then take the hamper downstairs or the laundry basket downstairs and then put in the laundry. I mean, they did that usually or often. But they also had a laundry chute, which is that you open this little door in the wall and you throw your stuff down and it goes down and usually there's a basket there to collect it. Sammy jumped into the laundry chute, trying to take the emergency exit to get away from Chaim. Unfortunately, Sammy had never tried to do this before. This was his first time. And he started to fall through the laundry chute, but as the laundry chute went between floor and floor, as the laundry chute went between floor and floor, the laundry chute narrowed. And suddenly, Sammy realized, as his feet dangled, out in the open basement air that his waist was not going to fit through the laundry chute nor would his shoulders and hands. He was stuck. Chaim, who had been expecting Sammy to fall downstairs, had run down the steps, run down the basement steps and come to the spot where the laundry chute emptied and he saw the legs of Sammy as they pulled through the chute. And then remained there, dangling. And Chaim said to Sammy, You can't stay there forever. When you're out, I'm going to beat you up. And Sammy said, And Chaim said, I don't know what you said, but you better just drop out now and I'm going to beat you up and let's get this over with. I can't do it right now because I'm stuck. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to wait another two minutes, and then I'm going to get you in trouble. Well, I'd rather get in trouble, because then I won't be stuck. This is crazy. And then Chaim had this insane plan. Chaim said, If you don't come out, I'm going to make you just have to come out. Okay, yes, I'm going to all right, it's your choice. And Chaim reached over. He was able to reach Sammy's feet because they were dangling down, right? He reached over and took off Sammy's shoe. And then took off Sammy's sock. And then went to another spot in the basement where they kept the Pesach goods and took a Bedikas Chametz kit and opened it up and pulled out from the Bedikas Chametz kit a feather. And he went to Sammy's now exposed toes and he began to stroke them with the feather and tickling them. And Sammy's like, <laughs> And his feet are waving back and forth. Chaim keeps ducking to be missed, not to, Chaim keeps ducking so they don't hit him. After about three minutes of doing so, Chaim said, all right, Sammy, fine. I, I'm finished. You can come out. I'm going back upstairs to take care of my stuff. And he did. He walked back upstairs, went back into his room, and he was taking care of his stuff. He took his papers from his essay, and he took little clips that are for laundry hanging. You know, you hang laundry with these little clips. And he put a string across his bed, and he hold the clips on the string and on his papers, and all ten papers were now lined up, drying from his 
Hakoko. He only hoped his teacher liked Hakoko, so they, the teacher would appreciate the Hakoko smell that would come from the papers that Baruch Hashem, the ink still stayed and didn't really smear. And after he finished hanging them up, he took a towel, Sammy's towel from his bed, but <clears throat> he deserves it, and he wiped up the whole desk, and he wiped up the floor as much as possible. And then he took the Sam, the, this towel, and he walked over to the laundry chute. He opened it up, and he dropped it inside. And he heard, Sammy, are you still in the laundry chute? He called down. Yes, and don't throw towels on my head next time. Um, okay, but why don't you just come out? We're done, okay? I'd like to, but I'm stuck. Sammy, you're stuck in the laundry chute? Chaim, I am stuck. Do me a favor. Help me. So Chaim said, okay, I'll help you. I'll throw a lot of laundry down. And if it's enough laundry, it'll weigh so much, it'll push you through the laundry chute. And you'll fall into the basement. Chaim, please, help me. All right, fine. Chaim went downstairs. And he grabbed Sammy's legs. And he hung on the legs, but nothing happened, except Sammy yelled. Chaim tied a rope around Sammy's legs, put it out the window, attached it to his bike, and he tried to pedal. Baruch Hashem, the rope broke because of the glass that was cut, that went through, because when the basement was a little bit broken, and so it broke the glass and cut the glass. Let's try that part again. Baruch Hashem, the rope broke. Now Chaim was getting nervous. His mother and father were not home. Ellie was not home. Not that he would have helped. He didn't know what to do. Well, what do you do when there's an emergency? You call 911. And he picked up his phone. And he called 911. Unrealized. Sorry. Chaim didn't realize that in pressing, instead of pressing 9, he pressed 011. And nothing happened. Well, nothing happened. I don't understand. 911's not working. He looked at the refrigerator as he stood in the kitchen trying to think of what to do. And he saw that in the kitchen there was a card that said on it, Hatsula. He said, oh, I'm going to call Hatsula. And he dialed the number for Hatsula. And, hello, Hatsula. Um, um, I have an emergency. Uh, can I help you? Yes, my brother is stuck. Okay, where is he stuck? Um, in between the, in between the bottom floor and the basement. Uh, could you explain what happened? Yes. You see, I was sitting doing my homework and he dropped a spider. My, he dropped a spider between my neck and my, I don't need to know the whole story. Just what happened? How did he get stuck? Basically, he jumped into the laundry chute and he went through it and he didn't come out the other end. Oh, that's serious. All right. I'll call dispatch. Within two minutes, there were 17 hot solid cars zooming up. One of them was going so fast, he raced through the front door and he parked. 
on the living room floor. And he jumped, the guy jumped down and came around and says, okay, where is she, where is she? And they, they saw him, they want to tell him, ever called, went to the top, and he's like, hey kid, you all right? Yeah, but please get me out. And another one went to the bottom. All right, kid, we're going to pull. And they pulled, and they pushed, and they pulled, and they pushed. And he wasn't coming out. One of the members said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to climb through the top, and I'm going to jump on his head. And please don't do that, Chaim said. Where are your parents? They're, they're not home. I'm not even sure where they are right now. All right, well, if that's the case, we have um, we have a very serious matter over here. Mm-hmm. What should we do? And then another Hatzala man said, I have a great idea. And what's that? Why don't we all go downstairs and go to his feet and push his legs? All of us will push his legs up so that he'll pop out a little bit over there. And then his brother will stay up here with his hands hanging down, trying to reach him and pulling him out from the top. Um, um, but I'm scared if I do that, I might fall in. And if I fall in, then I'm going to be head first. And he, it's okay. You're not going to fall in. We're going to give you this special safety belt, and we're going to tie it to this over here, this piece of furniture. What is this? I don't even know. A telephone bed, or I don't know. What was this? What's this piece of furniture? A telephone. It's like a table. Okay, a table. All right, here we go. We're going downstairs. And the Hatzalaman went downstairs, and they formed a pyramid so that they were able to reach Sammy's legs with ease. And they began to push. And 17 people pushing Hatzala legs. I mean, 17 people pushing Sammy's legs was pretty strong. And they pushed so hard that Sammy went shooting up, banging his head on the top of the laundry chute. Chaim grabbed his arms. Hatzala ran back upstairs and pulled Sammy out. Thank you so much, Hatzala men, Sammy said. Yeah, thanks very much, Hatzala guys, Chaim said. They left. Ten minutes later, Sammy was lying on his bed, trying to recover from his ordeal, and he heard his brother Chaim sitting on the chair that was in the hall for relaxation purposes, talking to someone on the phone, and he was laughing. Yeah, it was so funny. It was so funny. I, I, I know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you say, Barrel? Yeah, it was very funny. Yeah, and and and. Huh? What do you what do you say, Yitzchak? Right, and yeah, and so it was very funny. He was in there, stuck in there. His feet were down there. I tickled his feet. He, it was so funny. And Sammy jumped out of bed. He picked up the other end, and he heard there was like eighteen people on the phone. He ran to Chaim. What are you doing, Chaim? Oh, I'm having a conference call. About what? <laughs> I was just describing on my conference call the whole funny thing that took place. How you got stuck in the laundry chute. And Sammy said. You are a murderer. A what? You killed me! Uh, no, I didn't. I, you did, because you see, it says, it says in the Gemara, my Rebbe taught it just, just yesterday. Uh, if, you, if you embarrass somebody in public, it's like you killed him. So you killed me. Sammy, I, I didn't kill you. It's like you did. And I can't sleep in the same house with a murderer. 
All right, guys, I have to apologize. Sam is really mad at me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. Please forgive me, Sammy, for, for embarrassing you. Well, okay. I'll forgive you. Only if, if what? If you go right now down the block to the store and buy me some ice cream. Sammy, I, I can't buy I don't have any money. All right, well, when you get money, you'll buy me some ice cream? Maybe. All right, I'll forgive you because I'm a really big topic. All right, Sammy, we know you're a big topic. Okay, fine, fine. And Sammy forgave him. And everyone breathed deeply. <sighs> and life went on. The next day, Sammy went downstairs bright and early in the morning. His hips were bothering him a little bit from the scraping in the chute. But he wanted to go to school because he wanted to learn Torah. He loved when his Rebbe shared with him all the beautiful ideas that Rebbe share with their students. He also wanted to go and show off his brand new skateboard. Now, Sammy wasn't exactly the best skateboard person. As a matter of fact, Yesterday, before the whole event of the tragic laundry shoot, laundry shoot, Sammy had been on a skateboard for about an hour, or maybe I should say, he had been on a skateboard, his skateboard for about two minutes, and fifty-eight minutes he was falling off his skateboard. But Sammy really wanted to ride a skateboard to school to show everyone because it wasn't just like a skateboard; it was a skateboard from Fiveish, from Ura. Because Sammy raised lots of money for Ura, and he won. He got a prize. I don't know if he won it. He got a prize of a of, of a skateboard, and it had a picture of Five-ish on it. And on the other side, it had the one eight hundred number for Ura, and 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 of course, it was very exciting. And so Sammy took his skateboard. I'm so Sam, So Sammy went downstairs to bring his skateboard to school, and he went into the special bin that the family had to get a skateboard. And it wasn't there. And he went into the garage to look for a skateboard. And it wasn't there. Sammy ran back inside. Ma, ma. Yes, Sammy, what's the matter? Do you know where my skateboard is? No idea. Chaim came downstairs, rushing as usual to go to school. Chaim, do you have my skateboard? I'm sorry, I have no idea where your skateboard is. Well, sadly, upsetly, Sammy walked to school that day. He didn't want to take the bus. Not sure. It wasn't so important for him. School was pretty close. Sadly, Sammy walked to school that day, thinking about his skateboard, wishing he had it. I'll tell you a secret. It's a good thing he didn't have it. It would have taken Sammy probably a half hour to get to school. Because he'd be going on and going off, going on, going off, going on, going off, going on, going off. But either way, he got to school and he couldn't believe his eyes. There was his brother, Ellie. Ellie was riding his skateboard. Doing a good job, too. But he was riding his skateboard. And Sammy went over to him and said, Ellie, that's my skateboard. What are you doing riding my skateboard? And... Ellie said, 
It's okay. I just wanted to use it. It's okay. Sammy said, that's not true, Ellie. Ellie, you are a murderer. Ellie said, excuse me? You stole my skateboard and that makes you into a murderer. And I can't sleep in the same house as a murderer. How am I a murderer for stealing your skateboard? Because two days ago, my Rebbe taught us that kol hagoizel eschaveroi, shavet pruta, anybody who steals from his friend even a little bit of money, ki'ilu hargo, it's like he killed him. You killed me by taking my skateboard. Sammy, I wasn't stealing it, I was just borrowing it. But we also learned uh, uh, um, four and a half days ago that if you borrow something without permission, you're, 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 you're stealing. And if you're stealing, you're killing me. And, all right, Sammy, I'm sorry. If I, if I apologize, is that good enough? Well, my Rebbe said that if you give it back, if you return what you steal, then, then it undoes your stealing, kind of. All right, here you go. Here's your skateboard, Sammy. And I'm sorry I took it. Thank you. Thank you very much. And Sammy went into the school building. And the day progressed, and everything was great. Until I have to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a little, yeah, whatever. <clears throat> the day progressed and Sammy um, okay let's all do it Sammy was sitting ready great here we go Sammy was sitting in class his Rebbe had finished Gemara his Rebbe had finished teaching Chumash they had had recess they had had snack and now it was time for halacha. And the Rebbe was talking all about different things in halacha in Hilchah Shabbos. Meleches Sheichet. And Sammy was getting more and more agitated. And the next thing the kids knew, Sammy shot up out of his chair almost as fast as he shot up out of the laundry chute. And he raced out of the room. The Rebbe called to the office. Yes. What is agitated? Agitated? Like, like upset. He raced out of the room. The Rebbe called him to the office. <laughs> Mrs. Gold? Yes. Um, I'm not sure why. Sammy just ran right out of the office. I mean, I mean, Sammy just ran right out of the room, and I'm not sure where he's going. Oh, don't worry. He's actually on his way right now through the door. And she hung up as Sammy burst through the door to her office. And Sammy said, where, where's Rabbi Feingold? Rabbi Feingold? Yes, I, I need to speak to him this moment. Oh boy, this moment? Um, let me see if he's available. Hi, Rabbi Feingold. She called in on her phone to Rabbi Feingold, who was in his office. Are you available to speak to Sammy right now? Okay, I'll, I'll tell him. Rabbi Feingold said he'll be available in two minutes. I can't wait two minutes. It's a matter of life and death. Um... Um, okay. Rabbi Feingold, he said it's a matter of life and death. Okay, fine. 
Rabbi Feingold said he'll hang up his phone call first, and, and you can come in in about 30 seconds. When Rabbi Feingold hey, hung up, the, after 30 seconds, Rabbi Feingold opened the door. Sammy, you wanted to speak to me? Rabbi Feingold, it's very important. Sammy walked into the office. Rabbi Feingold closed the door behind him. He looked at the secretary, and he smiled. And she said, if you're in there too long by yourselves, and, um, I'm sorry. And she said, yes, I'll, if you're there for more than 20 minutes, I'll make sure to call you so that you can come out. Because sometimes, you know, kids stay and bother people. Anyway, whatever. And Sammy went inside, and Sammy sat down on the, the, the chair opposite the Manahel. And the Manahel sat down in his nice, comfortable chair, put his hands on the desk, crossed them over, leaned forward, and looked right into Sammy's eyes. And he was surprised to see that there were tears in his eyes. And Rabbi Feingold said, Sammy, what is going on? Rabbi Feingold, I have some really bad news. I I heard it's life and death. What's the matter? The bad news is, you know how Chazal say that when you learn Torah, you get life? Yes, yes, yes. And, and if you choose not to learn Torah, it's choosing death? Yes, I know, because I'll say that. Well, I'm going to have to make a very hard choice. Now, what's that? I'm, I'm going to have to choose not, not, not to learn Torah. Really? Why do you have to choose not to learn Torah? Because, because uh, I, I have to leave school. Okay, so you come back and... No, I can never come back. What? I can't come ever come back to school here again ever in my whole entire life. Why not, Sammy? You can't come back to school? I thought you liked school. I, I do, but I can't come back. What do you mean you can't come back? Because I was listening to the halachas of Lashon Hara. Uh, you know, uh, by Rabbi Zaftig. And... And he told me I can't come, come back to school. He did? He said if you go to a place that they're always speaking Lashon Hara and 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 you, you can't be there. And especially since the person speaking Lashon Hara like they... What, what do you mean? Speaking Lashon Hara? Lashon Hara? Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot of Lashon Hara going on. Just, just tell me, well, give, give me an example. But if I fell, Rabbi, it's like Lashon Hara. <laughs> I understand, I understand. But help me, help me understand like the, the context, what's going on. My Rabbi told us. Oh, that's annoying. That's the problem with the summer. All right, well, hopefully it'll be done soon. My Rabbi told us. No, yeah. My Rabbi told us. That Chaim, Chaim was a murderer. Your Rebbe told you Chaim was a murderer? Which Chaim? My brother. Really? And my Rebbe told us that, that, that Ellie's a murderer. Ellie? I can't, the language you're saying, the word murderer about a Yid, what does that mean? I know that the Beis Amikdash was destroyed because of, 
Shvichas Damim, because the Yidin in the time of the Beis Hamikdash and the first Beis Hamikdash, they were involved in killing people, terrible stories. But 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 but, but what? I, I, who, who they? What? what I, yeah, Chaim murdered me last night. He did. Yeah, he killed me last night. Uh, he did. And Ellie killed me today. <laughs> and there's a problem with your story. What's the problem? Um, you're here. Yeah, but but Marevi said that he killed me last night. Marevi said he killed me today. Marevi said that Chaim killed me last night, and Ellie killed me today. Your Rebbe said that. When did he say that? A few days ago. A few days ago, your Rebbe said that Chaim killed you last night. And a few days ago, your Rebbe said that Ellie killed you today, this morning. Yeah. Is your Rebbe a Navi? Um, I guess. What do you mean? Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. What do you mean? My Rebbe taught us that anybody who makes fun of somebody else, it's anyone who makes fun of somebody else is like they're murderers. And therefore, when Chaim made fun of me last night, he made fun of you last night? Yeah, because Chaim called all his friends and told them that I was stuck in the uh, in the laundry chute and... And the Menahal's face started to crack. A smile started to appear on his face and he quickly covered his face with his hand. <clears throat> you were stuck in the laundry chute last night? Yeah, and then Chaim made a phone call and... Wow. Did he apologize? He did, but... but so then, it would seem that what you're telling me now is Lashon Hara. Oh! See, see, that's the problem. The environment is, is such an environment, I just tell Lashon Hara. And then Ellie. And what happened with Ellie? Well, well, he, 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 he stole my skateboard and. And therefore he killed you? Yeah, because my Rebbe said that Ellie, that Ellie stole my skateboard and Ellie killed me because when you steal from somebody, it's as if you killed them. Your Rebbe said in class a few days ago. Ellie stole Sammy's skateboard in a few days from now. Well, he didn't exactly say that. Uh-huh. So, your Rebbe didn't say Chaim made fun of you. No, not really. And he didn't say Ellie stole your skateboard. No. So your Rebbe didn't really say Lashahara. Um, maybe it was... Uh, I, I guess not. But but just now in class, he said lots of Lashahara. He did? Yeah, he said lots of Lashon Hara. Who did he say Lashon Hara about? He said Lashon Hara about Mr. He said Lashon Hara about Mr. Markowitz. You mean the artist? Who, who, the artist? That's right, that's right. And he said Lashon Hara about Rabbi Porter you mean the Mashkiach the one in charge of the Kashrus that's right and he said Lashon Hara about my father your father that's right in class he said Lashon Hara about all these things at one time yeah he he, he, he did that's pretty hard to believe and he said Lashon Hara about, about, 
to Lashon Hara about my good friend Beryl. I, I, I'm having trouble believing this. Your Rebbe said Lashon Hara about all these people? Mm. Just today in class? Yes, he did. Could I call your Rebbe and your Rebbe would say that he said these bad things about these people? 100%. What was the Lashon Hara your Rebbe said about them? My Rebbe said that they're all killers. They're what? They're all killers. They're all killers? What's this with killing? He said that... I, I don't understand. Mrs. Gold Rabbi, Gold, Rabbi Feingold picked up the phone in his room. Rabbi Feingold picked up the phone in his office. Mrs. Gold? Uh, yes, Rabbi Feingold. Could you please ask the Rebbe to come inside? Um, um, who should watch his class? You know what? If you could do me a favor and um, just walk down the hall, tell him that I need to talk to him for a couple minutes and, and let him come inside. A few minutes later, the Rebbe arrived and he was bewildered. He didn't know what was going on. And he looked at Sammy, who was crying, tears dripping down his face onto the desk, almost like a puddle. And the Meshkiach, I'm sorry, and the Rebbe, one more try, and the Menahel, just sitting there and waiting patiently. The Rebbe said, Rebbe Feingold, what can I do for you? Rebbe, Sammy has said some strange stuff. And not that I, I think anybody did anything wrong and, and I'm not doubting anybody, but, but I just need to understand better. Did you talk about killing today in class? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did? Yeah, of course. And you talked about, you talked about, like, people killing? Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. Rebbe, <laughs> Sammy said that that maybe the Rebbe said some lashon hara that certain certain people kill. Oh yeah, yeah. There was uh, I mentioned a few people who kill. Um. <laughs> Rebbe, <laughs> maybe Rebbe doesn't realize that lashon hara is not allowed. Rebbe Feingold. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I, I mean, I'm not kidding, but. I, I don't understand what happened. Let's have Sammy explain. Sammy, could you explain what you mean? What did your Rebbe say? Well, the Rebbe said that Mr. Mas- Mr. Markowitz, the Rebbe said that Mr. Markowitz is, is, is a killer. And why is Mr. Markowitz a killer? Because, because he's an artist. And therefore what? He's, he's always drawing blood. And the Rebbe said that that drawing blood, taking blood out, is a form of killing. The Rebbe said that taking blood out of a person is a form of killing. And if he draws blood... Sammy, 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 Sammy. He's an artist. He draws blood on the wall with pictures. He draws it in pictures. Yeah, but did you know that he's also a phlebotomist? A what? Mr. Markowitz is also a phlebotomist. What does that mean? He works, he, he takes needles and he puts them in people and draws their blood so that they can do blood tests. And so, and the Rebbe said that that's a form of, of, of killing. Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. I, I didn't mean he, I didn't, I, I didn't, I never said anybody's a killer. I never said Mr. Markowitz is a killer. I just said that, that, 
taking blood out of a person is like killing them. And and, and then Rebbe, Rebbe also said about my father. About your father? What did I ever say about your father? Rebbe said that, that if you scratch a scab and you pull a scab off, that's also a form of, of, of similar to killing and drawing blood. And, and my father, just last night, he had this big scab on, on his hand and he, he scraped it off and... and Sammy, that's the same thing. I, I wasn't saying he's actually a killer. I, I was just saying that. And what about and what about the Mashkiach, Rabbi Porter? The Mashkiach, Rabbi Porter. Yeah, he's a murderer because he washes vegetables with water and he kills bugs, and that's a form of killing. Um, Sammy, that that's not really such a such a that's not quite uh, what I I and my friend Beryl. Yeah, what about Beryl? Barrel's happily sitting, happily sitting in class. Yeah, but Rebbe, Rebbe said that Barrel, Barrel also did 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 Rechitza. Rechitza? Oh, I mean, I mean, I think he mean Rechitza. Yeah, yeah, because he just just outside during recess, he he walked all over the ant hill that was there and crushed about eighty five ants, and and so now Barrel also is a is a is a is a, is a Rochitz. Not a rochitz or a seach. Oh, whatever. Sammy, I never said anybody killed anybody or anything. The Minal looked at Sammy. Sammy, did your Rebbe say that Mr. Markowitz is a murderer? Not, not exactly. Did your Rebbe say your father is a murderer? Not, not, not exactly. Did your Rebbe say that Rabbi Porter is a murderer? Not, not, not really. Did he say that Beryl is a murderer? No, but, 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 we also learned that there's something called a vak Hara, and that means that if you say something that makes people know what's Lashon Hara and, uh, and, and makes you... Rebbe, can I ask you a question? Yes, Rafangold. Why were you talking about all these things? What were you learning about? Oh, we were learning about the Malacha of Shochet, of Shechting on Shabbos. And I was telling the boys that on Shabbos, you're not allowed to wash vegetables because you'll kill the bugs. And you're not allowed on Shabbos to walk on anthills because you'll squish the bugs. You're not allowed on Shabbos to draw blood whether it's as a phlebotomist or an artist, but for different reasons. And you're also not allowed to pick your scab. Sammy, did that sound to you like Lashon Hara? Yeah. It did. Where was the Lashon Hara? Because the Rebbe just said Lashon Hara about me. About you? The Rebbe just said that I made up a baloney story and I told it to the Minal. He did? Isn't that what the Rebbe just said? <laughs> Sammy, I never said that you made up a baloney story. It might be true, but, <laughs> but I never said that. Rebbe Feingold looked away from Sammy and his eyes caught Rab- the Re- and his eyes caught the Rebbe's eyes and both began to smile and had to wipe away their smile. And the Manal said to Sammy, 
You know what, Sammy? Let the Rebbe and me discuss it for a few minutes, and we'll call you back in in a minute. Let the Rebbe and me discuss it for a minute, we'll call you back in. Why don't you go outside and wait in the office? Sammy walked out of the room. The door closed, and Rabbi Feingold and Rabbi Gold both started to laugh. They could no longer contain their laughter. They were not laughing at Sammy, per se. They were laughing because the whole situation was funny. The Rebbe opened his mouth as if to say something, and Rabbi Feingold put up his finger and said, One second. I can't have you say anything because I told Sammy that you're not speaking Lashon Hara. If you say something, even though we both know it, it might be Lashon Hara. I don't know if it is or not. So let's just leave it for now. And the Mitzvah Shem, we're going to continue to do our jobs to the best of the ability we can. And the Rebbe said, okay. Sammy called, I'm sorry, Rebbe Feingold called Sammy back into the office and said, Sammy, I spoke to your Rebbe. And your Rebbe, Belineda, is going to try very hard to make sure that there's no more Avak Lashad happening in class. And Sammy smiled. And Sammy said, Thank you, Rabbi Feingold. Thank you, Rebbe. What are we learning about next? Um, we're actually going to learn the Malacha of Tzad, of trapping. What's the matter, Sammy? Because just yesterday, just yesterday, I can't tell you. Tell me what? Well, I was playing with someone checkers, and they, they, they trapped me. I they, Sammy. But I didn't say any Lashon Hara. I didn't even say any Avak Lashon Hara. Sammy, maybe you want to sit out the rest of the year and not learn any more Hilchah Shabbos because I might say things that are Avak Lashon Hara. But, Rabbi, then I'm not going to learn anything. And then if I don't learn anything, I'm not going to become a Talmud Chacham. Rabbi Feingold smiled with a great idea. And he said, you know what, Sammy? I have the perfect idea. We are going to go after school to the Rav. And we're going to talk to the Rav about all the halachos that are, we're discussing now. And we're going to ask the Rav how to deal with it. After school, Rabbi Feingold and Sammy did go to the Rav. And the Rav talked to them and explained to Sammy how what the Rebbe was doing was not at all Avak Lashon Hara. And what the Rebbe was doing was not at all Lashon Hara. And it was just a mistake and a misunderstanding. And he offered Sammy a big bowl of ice cream together with syrup sprinkles and a cherry on top and Sammy smiled and he said "Ah, you know what Rav I really appreciate this I'm glad it's not Lashon Hara but I'm glad I thought it was as he took a big bite of the delicious ice cream <laughs>